Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Gober. What's going on, family lamb? Welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober, so let's just get down on it with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for what you continue to do in our lives and who you continue to be in our lives. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for grace that gives us access to all of these things by the blood of Jesus. Now, God, as we prepare ourselves to hear the word, let us hear not just the word, but the word behind the word. Let it be tailor-made for every ear to hear, that they may hear exactly what they need to hear, exactly when they need to hear it. We honor you, God. We thank you, God. We trust you, God. We lean on you, God. We praise you for you are the most high God in our lives. And so we expect great things to happen out of this time together because it is your word. It is your revelation given by the Holy Spirit. Uh, We declare that every ear is anointed to hear and every heart is open to receive. We declare that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper. Ah, God, and every everything that you want to happen during this podcast will happen. Keep those who are driving safe from all hurt, harm, or danger. No distractions, just an ingesting of the word as they drive. We thank you for this time. We declare everything that we've spoken to be so by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, fam, good to see you. Well, I'm not seeing you, but you know, good to see you. <laughs> Man, I had a challenging day today, but uh, I just had some time with God and and honestly some time with my sweetheart, and, and I'm all good. I am all good, ready to come before the people of God with a word from the Lord. <laughs> all right, today we're going to pick up with part two of what motivates you, uh, what motivates you. And last time we looked at the uh, issues that Jesus brought out in Matthew chapter 6, and uh, he looked at charitable giving, he looked at prayer, and he looked at fasting, these spiritual things, and he was dealing with the motivation of people uh, where spiritual things are concerned. Today, we're going to deal with the motivations of people where relating to other people are concerned. And so we're going to start, I'm just jumping right on in. So we're diving right into part two of what motivates you. We're going to go to Philippians chapter two, uh, verse three, Philippians chapter two, verse three. And uh, Paul makes it very clear. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let me read this from the Amplified Translation. It says, Do nothing from factional motives, through contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowliness of mind, let each regard the other as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourselves. Now, I'm going to circle back to that in a minute, but I want to go back to the beginning of verse 3 in the Amplified because it, 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 it focuses in on what we're talking about today. Why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? And here's the trippy part. Sometimes we can do the right thing with the wrong motivation, right? I'm doing the right thing, but I'm doing it with the wrong motivation. And that's what we talked about in the last podcast where giving, fasting, and prayer is concerned. There's nothing wrong with giving. There's nothing wrong with prayer. There's nothing wrong with fasting unless it's done with the wrong motivation. And so Paul is saying here, Philippians 2 and 3 in the Amplified, the first part, do nothing from factional motives. And then he breaks it down. Contentiousness. Strife. You don't want to do anything out of contention, right? Arguing back and forth, going back and forth, that the argument gets heated, and all of a sudden you do something 
that's motivated by the contentiousness, by the tension, by the by the by the argument in the room. Because of that contentiousness, now you go out and do something. Years ago, I was living in an apartment complex, and uh, 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 boyfriend and girlfriend were getting into it, and uh, the girlfriend went out and busted the guy's car window out of contentiousness. Right. Out of contentiousness, she performed an action that was motivated by the contention between the two of them. Then he says, don't do anything from from a place of strife. Don't don't. And 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 really. What it can come down to, it may not be doing anything, but it might be saying something. Don't say something from a place of strife. Don't say something from a place of contentiousness. Because you can you can apologize, but you can't always take those words. I see that, Lord. You cannot always take back the damage that was done by the words that you say. You may be able to apologize, and, and they may forgive you, but there is damage that was done by the words that we say. And when we make when we say things out of strife or we say things out of contentiousness and it's not okay to just say, well, I was mad. You know how I get when I get mad. No, not as a believer, not as one who has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There, there should, you know, there should never be a justifiable excuse that makes it okay for you to act or do something from contentiousness or from strife. Okay, well, that's just the way I am. Well, you know what? You need to go before God and help him change the way you are. Because that's not okay. That's not okay. It may be where you are. Now, if you say this is where I am in my life right now, these things cause me to just get fired up and blah, 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 blah. Okay, but 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 where you are doesn't have to be where you stay. It's where you are, but don't stay there. Don't pitch a tent there, right? This is something I'm working on. This is something I need God to help me with. And, and you know, we all have to examine ourselves. I'm just, I'm examining myself right now. And some words came out of my mouth, uh, and uh, I did some damage. I didn't mean to, and it wasn't coming out of contentiousness of, or strife. I just wasn't really paying attention to how I said what I said. And I did a little damage. I did a little damage, and I apologized, and I was forgiven, but I did a little damage, right? And we need to uh, examine ourselves on a regular basis and say, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this, right? So do nothing from factional motives, contentiousness, strife, right? Do nothing from a place of selfishness. Don't do anything based on you. Well, they did this to me, so I'm going to do this to them. Dude, it's not about you all the time. Sometimes it's about somebody else. And this is what he gets to near the end of verse 3. Let each regard the others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourself. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, well, you know, man, you whole lot better than me, man. I'm just no good. I'm just... I'm just a filthy rag. I'm just, you know, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about, you know, no, 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 no. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about esteem, right? Put the other person's needs, wants, thoughts ahead of your needs, wants, and thoughts. That's how it's supposed to be. That if I'm talking to someone, what they're dealing with is more important to me than what I'm dealing with. And when it, go, when it goes really the right way, what I'm dealing with is more important to them than what they're dealing with. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. An exchange of regarding. You regard my stuff. I regard your stuff. And because we're regarding each other's stuff, now God can get in the middle of that thing and infuse himself in the situation. And maybe you can get wisdom that that you can give to me to help me with my situation. And then I bounce back and give wisdom to you because I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about you. And you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking of me. Don't do anything out of selfishness. 
don't don't friend somebody on Facebook out of selfishness. Well, you know, if I friend them, they they can help me with my career. Look at how many times you say me and my. Well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna hook up with them. I'm, I'm gonna follow them on Twitter because if I if I make some cool tweets, maybe they'll they'll tweet me back, and maybe we can start and I can I can I can DM them them and they can help me do what I help me with my business. No, no, don't do anything out of selfishness. Don't do anything out of selfishness. This might be, if it's not number one, it's probably in the top three of issues in life in general, but issues in the body of Christ. Too much selfishness. What about me? What about me? I'm coming to church so I can get my blessing. Not I'm coming to church so I can hear a word from God that can help me be better so I can be a blessing to other people. No, I'm just coming to get my blessing. I, 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 I. I sit over here because I like da-da-da-da-da. I go to this church because I like the way the choir sings. As opposed to, I like going to this church because it gives me an opportunity to serve people. Well, Cliff, you're just being too deep. Okay, now you're just being all deep in spirit. No, this is how believers are supposed to live. Beyond the norm. Beyond what everybody else does. We're, we're different. I think in First Peter, he calls us a peculiar people. Right? That doesn't mean strange. It just means set aside, different, unique. Right, And these are the things that make us unique. Not our long dresses, not our alligator shoes, not the way we praise the Lord, not our speaking in tongues. These are the things that make us unique. The fact that we regard other people as higher than, our, than us. That we esteem other people as higher than us. That's what it's all about, man. Don't do anything out of selfishness. My brother called me yesterday. And asked me to do a voiceover for him for a thing he's doing uh, with a, a group of musicians that he's working with. And he called and asked me to do it. Of course I will do it for him. I'm not asking him for money. I'm not doing it out of selfishness. What you going to do for me, man? Yeah, I'll do it for you. What you going to do for me? What is that? What is that? And the voiceover could be the exact same voiceover with the exact same level of, of excellence, hopefully. <laughs> you know, that if I did it for the right reasons as opposed to doing it for the wrong reasons. But I, I really believe, and this is just me, I really believe there's a spirit attached to our actions. And when our actions are coming from a wrong motivation, I just I just think there's a residue on those actions where people go, oh, thank you, that was really nice. But it doesn't penetrate the heart, right? When we give gifts out of selfishness, I'm going to give the boss a big gift. I'm going to give them, you know, the assistant, I'll give them a little something. But the assistant can't really help me. The boss is the one who can help me. And I'm trying to get this promotion, and I've been working to get this promotion, so let me give him a really, really nice gift. Let me give her a really, really nice gift. It's out of selfishness, man. That gift's got a stink to it. It's got an odor to it. It's got a selfish odor to it. And people know. People know. People know. People know. You know, listen, listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. And this is for somebody who's kind of new in the faith, and a lot of this stuff is brand new for you. And, and I apologize if this sounds a little harsh or whatever, but this is just what's bubbling up in my spirit. You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody with your smiles. You're not fooling anybody with your politeness. You're not fooling anybody. People know. People know. So take off the mask and be real. Find a place where you can be real and transparent. Find some people that you can be real and transparent with. And in your prayer time, in addition to that, in your prayer time, pray for God to help you in this particular area because you're selfish. You're nice, but you're selfish. You got a big heart, but you're selfish. So let's 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 start working on that. Now that wasn't for everybody, but that was that was you know who you are, and it might be five years before the person that this is for hears this message, but that's for you. You're not fooling anybody. So so let's do the work and get it right. 
so your heart and your politeness and your personality can really start to shine with the light of the love of God, okay? All right. Uh, let me read this from the message translation, uh, Philippians 2 and 3. It says, <laughs> I love this, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Now, that sounds 180 degrees different from the way our society works. Our society says push your way to the front. Our society says if you have to, sweet talk your way to the top. And put yourself, uh, do what you can to get ahead. That's what society says. But, but God is saying, as believers, no, we flip it in the other way around. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Reading on. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Now imagine if the body of Christ was doing this on a, on a, on a high level not pushing our way to the front, not trying to sweet talk our way to the top, helping others get ahead instead of helping ourselves get ahead, not being obsessed with getting my own advantage. If you talk to enough ministers, you hear that that type of thing goes on with ministers all the time. How can I get to the front? How can I get ahead in ministry? How can I start my own church? How can I get Bishop so-and-so to pay attention to me? How can I get on so-and-so's conference schedule? How can I, how can I, how can I, how can I, how can I? My pastor says something. Well, he says many things that are amazing. But one of the things he says, and he's very um, prominent uh, in our denomination and, in, you know, across the body of Christ. And he said, you know, people ask me, how did I get where I was? He said, I served my way to the top. That's what he said. I served my way to the top. And that's the heart of God, man. Don't, I see that, Lord. I'll say it that way. Don't work to be responsible for your own success. Don't work to be responsible for your own success. Because here's the thing. If you're responsible for getting the success, you're going to have to be responsible for keeping the success, and there is no place for God to work in your life. But if you work to get help other people be successful, God will bring people into your life to get you to be successful. That's the way of the believer, man. That's the way of the believer. I'm not as concerned about myself as much as I'm concerned about you. And you're not as concerned about yourself as much as you're concerned about me. That's real humility. What's going on with you? Oh, man, you know, yeah, just dealing with some stuff. How you doing, man? What's happening with you? No, 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 man. I want to hear what's going on with you. You know, it, it's, it, it, I think it was a Chili Willy. Uh, was the cartoon with the two, uh, I think they were penguins, and, you know, they were getting ready to go somewhere, and one would say, after you, and they would say, no, no, after you, oh, no, 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 after you, oh, no, after you, that's where we should be, we should be fighting to put the other person ahead of us, I mean, you go ahead, no, man, you go ahead, come on, bro, you go ahead, no, man, you go ahead, what's going on with you, no, tell me what's going on with you, back and forth and back and forth, Start laughing. You was reading Philippians 2 and 3 last night. Went, yeah, man, I sure was, right? And that's how we do it. It leaves space for God to operate in relationships, in our careers, in our ministries, in our businesses. It leaves space for God to operate. I was at the grocery store the other day, and, and I was getting some groceries, and um I get this uh, onion soup mix that I like, and I put it on my turkey burgers and season it and all that stuff. So I went and got it, and there was a lady standing in the aisle. She said, oh, my goodness, you just made my day. I said, well, what happened? She said, I was looking for this the last time I was here, and I couldn't find it. And 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 I saw you went and got it, and now I have it. Oh, oh man, I'm, I'm glad to be of assistance. And, you know, and had she said, I, I'm just, I can't find this, I, I, I would have said, come on, let's walk around. I think it's over here. Right? I got nowhere to go. Well, I had somewhere to go, but I didn't really have anywhere to go to where I couldn't take five minutes to help the lady find some onion soup mix. Right? And, and just in the doing of that, because my heart, I've, I've, listen, 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 listen. 
I did not come out of the womb knowing this stuff. Okay, I had to listen to people who were ministering this. I had to study this word just like you guys are. And it's something that I'm continuing to stay on top of. All right. So I didn't fly in from heaven to drop this word and get back on my chariot and fly over to the clouds. I'm learning this, too. Okay, And so I'm at the point now where I am open to, you know, esteem others as higher than myself. That was a groundbreaking thing the first time I read this scripture years ago. And I've been working on getting better. And I've seen God change me from the inside out to have more regards for others as I do myself. Does that mean I just forget about myself? I don't eat. I don't pay my bills. I don't know. It just means if I'm interacting with someone, the first place I want to be is in my mind is what's going on with you. That's the first. That's the default position that we should be. We should be in a place where I'm interacting with somebody, we hug it up, I see somebody. First thing I want to know is what's going on with you. What's on what's on my what's what's on my agenda and my radar and what's on my heart secondary compared to you. And they may be fine. They may not have any issues. And then they ask me what's going on with me. And maybe I will share what's going on with me. Maybe I will share an issue that I'm having. Maybe I will share something that's bothering me. But it's not the first thing that's coming out of my mouth. Right? Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Now, somebody said, well, how, how am I supposed to do that, Cliff, when I got situations and I got troubles and I got stuff I'm struggling with and things aren't working in my life? How can you tell me not to pay attention to me? I got to take care of me. Well, you do, but you don't. Because what I want to look at now is why, how God frees us up to, to, to see what's going on with other people. How God frees us up. To be able to esteem others as higher than ourselves. And we're going to look at this by going to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. How can I be comfortable enough to be able to, you know, take myself out of the center of the circle and not be self-centered? I got to take care of me. Ain't nobody in my life that's going to take care of me. I got to take care of me, right? Uh, what's the, the old phrase they used to use all, always in the old movies? Always look out for number one. And God here is saying, you let, you let the other person be number one. You be number two. My pastor tells the ministers a great, great sermon called Being Number One at Being Number Two. Right? And he gives an example of all of these people who were number two. They were the second, but be, but in that position of number two, they did a great thing. For instance, um, Andrew and Simon Peter were brothers. And I believe the scripture talks about how Andrew introduced Simon to Jesus. Now, we don't hear a whole lot about Andrew because he was number two and Simon Peter was number one. But had Andrew not been a good number two, maybe we would not have heard of Simon Peter number one. See what I'm saying? So, so we want to be great at being second in the lives of other people. Now, I'm not saying don't, come on guys, I'm not saying don't be a person of excellence. I'm not saying don't set goals and accomplish them. I'm saying when it comes to interacting with other people, our motivation should be putting the other person's issues and stuff ahead of our issues and stuff. Okay, I think I made myself clear on that, right? Y'all getting it? I see you nodding your head. I see. Okay. All right. You're telling me to move on? I should move on? Okay, I'll move on. All right. <laughs> First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, right? Verse 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Watch this, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Right? And I wrote this statement. He cares for me, so I can care for others. Because I know that he cares for me, it frees me up to care for others. Right? I don't want to get too deep into this. 
my sweetheart and I had two challenging days today. And, um, you know, I wanted to tell her about the challenges that I was dealing with. And she wanted to tell me about the challenges that she was dealing with. Well, in my mind, once I, I, I called her because I wanted to share what was going on with me. But once I heard that she was dealing with some stuff, my mind immediately flipped to, okay, let me see what's going on with her. Let me make sure she's good. I'm going to put my stuff to the side and I'm going to make sure she's good. Why? Because I know God's going to take care of me. Now, I still I'm feeling kind of down. I do want to tell her about what's going on, but I don't want to tell her what's going on first. I want to be number one at being number two in this situation. And the cool thing is she felt exactly the same way. And so we got together and we talked and she told me about her situation. I told her about my situation and, and it was great. It was great. It was great. That's how it's supposed to be. Right. And if you're not there yet, don't beat yourself up. Don't feel bad about yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Just this is an area you need to work on. That's all. It's a place where you need to make adjustments. And if, it, if this sounds just like, ain't no way in the world I'm going to be able to do that. That's when you go to God in your prayer time and say, Father, I need you to help me to see others first before I see myself. Help me to ask people about how they're doing before I want to tell them how I'm doing. Because maybe you came out of a place of brokenness where if you didn't say something, you know, what do they say? Um, uh, closed mouth doesn't get fed or a squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, maybe you just feel like, you know, nobody's ever cared about. So you just want to tell people what's going on. And, okay, that's fine. But put your, take your foot off the gas. Breathe. Understand that you don't want to cast your care on people now as a believer. You want to cast your care on God. Right? What's the old song? Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Right? He will hear our faintest cry and answer by and by. I don't want to have a little talk with my coworkers. I don't want to have a little talk with, you know, friends of mine at church all the time. I want to have a little talk with Jesus, right? I want to come to the Father through Jesus and have a talk. Lord, I don't, I don't know what's going on. This is bothering me. This is not right. I'm, I'm, this is not, I don't, I don't understand. These people aren't treating me right. Now, you can tell him all of that stuff. He doesn't mind you being number one. He'll be number two to your number one. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? So he's saying, bring me your stuff. I'll be your number two. Come to me and tell me all your stuff. Right? Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, for me, that's also a model of how we are to, you know, interact with other people. I'm going to let you cast your care on me because I care for you. Boy, that's a good model right there. I'm going to let you care. Now, sometimes, you know, the care might be a little too heavy for you. And you might have to stop them in the middle of their casting <laughs> and say, you know what? Let's pray. <laughs> and, you know, Lord, we're going to cast this care upon you because we know you care for my brother. or We know you care for my sister. And God, this is this is a big thing that they're dealing with, but there is nothing bigger than you, right? And just roll with that thing, right? Just give it to him. Cast it on him. Don't cast it on people because he can do for you way more than people can do for you. When I got to the end of my ordeal for the day, I was sitting on the edge of my bed just troubled. And God said, son, I got you. I got you. You guys have heard me say that God has said that to me over and over again. And he's like, I got you, man. I got you. We're okay. I got you. Right? Which allowed me now, when I got the chance to interact with my sweetheart, now that I know that God has got me, okay, sweetheart, what's going on with you? Right? It freed me up to care for her, knowing that God was caring for me. All right? And that's what we want to be. Verse 7 uh, 1 Peter 5, verse 7 in the Living Bible says, Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Boy, that'll preach right there. Now, if that doesn't take the weight off of you, I don't know what will. Let him have all your worries and cares, 
for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Now somebody's saying, well, if, he know, if he's always thinking about me and watching everything that concerns me, why is he allowing me to go through this? That's a question that should not take you to a place of running away from God. I've asked myself that question many times over the years. But, but in every time, I go to him to get an answer, and he answers me. Or he just says, don't worry about it, I got you. Right? That's like the spiritual crescent wrench for all things. <laughs> Son, I got you. I got you. I got you. Right? Sometimes there's details. Sometimes there's not. But I know he's always thinking about me and he's watching everything that concerns me. So I can give him all my worries. I can give him all my cares. I've got people close to me who... Uh, they don't complain. Complain is too strong of a word. But they, they, they are not always happy with the fact that I don't come to them with my stuff. And, and you know, people who've known me for a long time probably will say, yeah, Cliff doesn't, he doesn't complain much. He doesn't talk too much about his stuff. He just kind of rolls with it and deals with it. Well, that's because I, I let him have all my worries and I let him have my cares. And they know that I'm human. I'm not some super Christian. I'm just trying to take this word and apply it to my life and see change happen, man. Right? And, and when I do that, I just give it to him. I don't, Father, I don't know what to do. Sometimes now I need wise counsel. And I have people that I can go to and I say, eh, this is really bothering me and I need to kind of chop it up and talk to you about it. And, and, you know, there may be some solutions that come out of it, right? But for the most part, when I'm dealing with stuff or I'm struggling with things or I'm frustrated by the things, I, I go talk to the father. I go talk to my daddy and go, I, God help me. Or I, I just go take a nap. <laughs> I tell you, man, a nap in the middle of the afternoon, it will remove the burden and destroy the yoke. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I was having a rough day emotionally or mentally or whatever, and I go home and take a nap and wake up refreshed, see the thing from a different perspective. I can hear God more clearly. I'm telling you, man, them naps are anointed. So, you know, he that has an ear, let him hear. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to, now we're staying with the fact that God cares for me so I can care for others, right? This frees me up to think of others as more highly, higher than myself, as highly esteeming others and putting them in the center of the circle as opposed to putting myself in the center of the circle. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13 and 5, he says, let your conduct be without covetousness. See, here again, motivation. Whatever you do, don't do it out of covetousness. Don't do it out of, I want what they have. So I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play, play. I'm going to, you know, play the game. I'm going to, you know, strategize my way to get what they want. He says, don't let, don't let your conduct be connected to covetousness. Then he says, be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's saying, listen, you don't have to get caught up in wanting what somebody else has because the father knows what you need. Be cool with what you have because God says, I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. So if you need something or you desire something, and it's right in line with my will for you, you just come to me. Don't, don't do things. Don't let your conduct be connected to covetousness. Don't let your actions be connected to, I'm doing this so I can get what they have. Okay? Covetousness. Now, if you see somebody that's modeling a level of success, and you say, I want to have a level of success like they have. Okay, that's cool. Okay, and you find out what they do and you find out what their process was and you find that's not covetousness. Okay, 
I want to have a similar level of success as such and such and such and such. Okay, then, you know, let me try to do what they do, do my version of that so I can have my version of that success. Okay, that's not cut. So that conduct is cool. You know, you go to somebody and say, hey, man, I admire the way you roll and I admire the way you handle yourself. You know, what did you do? What do you do to be so successful? How do you do such and such and such and such? And if it's coming from a real place, that's not covetousness. Okay, that's just I want to be I see what you do. I see who you are and I want to I want to model my life after you in this particular area. Okay, that's cool. But when you say, man, I want I want that. Let me see if I can get that. Let me let me let me start, you know, manipulating and doing all of this stuff so I can get what they got. Now, see, you even hear it in the tone of voice. It's very different. Very different. I listen to various ministers. I read leadership books, um, you know, learning this area that I'm not that strong in. So I see successful people and I want to read and learn how they do what they do so I can understand how to make that work for my in my own way. All right? Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Don't want more than what you have because God's going to supply what you need when it's time for you to have it. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right? Now, the Amplified of that second part of verse 5 says, He himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. I will not in any way fail you. I will not in any way give you up. I will not in any way leave you without support. I will not in any degree leave you helpless. I will not in any degree forsake you. I will not in any degree let you down. So if I can, if I can really soak that into my heart, then it makes it easy for me to be cons more concerned about others than I am about my, my how am I doing? <laughs> it makes it easy for me to be more concerned about others than I am about myself because God's got my back. God's got me. He's not going to fail me. He's not going to give me up. He's not going to leave me without support. So I'm free now to open myself up to someone else. What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I be a blessing to you? What's going on in your life? What's happening with your family? Right? It frees me up because God's got me. Well, what's going on with you? Oh, man, God's got me. I'm good. Let's chop it up with you. Now, God's got them too. Right? But the point is, my motivations now change and I can relax on the inside, which frees me up to be what Paul was talking about in Philippians 2, esteeming others as higher than myself. Now my motivations are pure. My motivations are not connected to me. My motivations are not connected to selfishness. My motivations are not connected to strife. My motivations are purely connected to how can I be a blessing to you? Because God's got me, right? And I think more more than, you know, especially during this time, we need to know as followers of Christ that God's got me. God's got me. I can go to sleep because God's got me. Scripture says he never sleeps or slumbers. So let me go to sleep. Take this thing off my mind. Cast this care on him because he's caring about me. He's thinking about me. I'm not, you know, I'm not off his radar. I'm not the child that he, oh, I forgot about you. I forgot you were dealing with that. That's not our father. He sees you. He knows what's going on. And he's got you. So relax, smile, rest, and be a blessing. All right? 
Uh, I got one more scripture. Yep, Psalms 46 and 1. Psalms 46 and 1. This kind of puts a cherry on the top of it. Psalms 46 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I have this uh, translation called the Passion Translation. It's so awesome. It really is awesome. It's right up there with the message. The Passion Translation says, God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. You're a proven help in time of trouble. I heard a minister say one time, sometimes you just need to have a flashback. Flashback and think how he dealt with, helped you get through that thing last year. Flashback and think about what he brought you through 10 years ago. Somebody says, well, I, he didn't bring me through. It was real hard and it was real rough. Yeah, he brought you through. You know why? Because you're still here. You're still here. So he brought you through. He may have brought you through and you got some scars, but you're still here. Right? He may have brought you through and you lost some things, but you're still here. He's a proven help in time of trouble. He's more than enough and he's always available whenever we need him. So, because he's a help for me, now I can be a help to someone else. And this is also, I said this a little, a little while ago, this is a good model for how we should treat other people. How God treats us. We can model that in how we treat other people. You know, early on in my in my walk with the Lord, you know, how to love people from a godly perspective wasn't always a, a thing that was easy for me. Uh, and so I just, I was struggling with it. And then I would remind myself, well, how does God love you, man? And how God loves you, why don't you just use that as a model to love other people? God's long-suffering with you, be long-suffering with people. Something happens and you mess up and you go to God and God says, okay, son, it's all right, we're okay. Then somebody does something to you and they mess up and they apologize, oh, it's okay, man, we're good, right? However he deals with you, deal with people. Now, 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 listen, listen, listen. I'm not talking about how you read how God dealt with people in the Old Testament, okay? That, that, mm, I'm going to say it this way. That version of God changed once Jesus died and was resurrected from the dead. Jesus was the game changer. So you might read something in Leviticus or you might read something in 1 Kings or 2 Kings and you say, see, see, God got them. God punished them. See, you do that to me, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to do you like God did them. No, no, no. How does God deal with you? In your own relationship. Well, God's punishing me because I did something. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. All of that wrath was on Jesus, so that wrath now would not have to be on us. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Right? And so, don't, uh, -uh God's punished me. No, God is not. Okay, so, because I know I can hear people saying, well, you know, he never changes. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. He changes not. But how he deals with mankind has changed since Jesus. There's a God that existed before the cross, and there's a God that exists now after the cross. Okay? So don't take the Old Testament God and use that as a model of how to treat people. No, -uh, that's, not, that's not it. But how he deals with you, how he deals with you, not how you read how he deals with other people. How he deals with you, you deal with people that way. How many times have you cried before God and said, Lord, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. Okay, so when people come to you and ask for forgiveness, give it to them the way God gives it to you. Right? There's the parable of uh, the two people who owed a debt, and the one man owned a debt. It was so great, he couldn't pay it. And, and you know, he was going to have to go to jail. And the judge forgave the debt, right? And then this same guy, some, you know, this guy owned, owed, let's just say, 
you know, $5 million, right? And his debt was forgiven. And somebody else came to him, and that person owed him $10. And this guy wanted to have this guy who owed him $10 put in debtor's prison and take all of his stuff. And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just had a huge debt forgiven. And you can't forgive this guy for this small debt? We can't have spiritual amnesia, family. We have to always be conscious of what God did for us. And we model that now in how we deal with people. Let's be long-suffering with people. Let's be kind to people. Let's be patient with people. Folk having bad days, man. People are scared. People are frustrated. People don't know what's going on. The foundations have been removed. As the scripture says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And we've got righteous people living on bad foundations, and the foundation is being destroyed. The moral center of our society is crumbling. That what went on 50 years ago uh, doesn't happen now. What went on 20 years ago doesn't happen now. We see things now that we wouldn't have seen 20, 30 years ago. People are dealing with a lot of stuff. And they need us to be the salt of the earth. They need us to be the light of the world. Right? I think I did a, part, a podcast called Salt and Light. And if you didn't check it out, check it out. Check it out. Right, The world needs us to be godly people. The world needs us to be motivated by the right things. The world needs us to love like for real, for real love. They don't need our shouting. They don't need our speaking in tongues. They don't necessarily need our Bible. They need the love of God to be demonstrated before them that will open a door now to our Bible, will open a door now to our praise of God, but more importantly, open a door so they can get to God through Jesus Christ themselves. But for many people, the only way that's going to happen is if they see us loving, they see us being motivated by the right thing, they see us esteeming others as higher than ourselves, they see us being motivated to do the right thing for the right reason. That's what's going to change the hearts of people. That's what's going to create avenues of impact and influence in our world. That's what's going to get us to the place of promotion. That's what's going to get our business to take off. That's what's going, I, you know, I don't like naming certain places. I think I did once before, but I, I try to stay away from that. But there's a popular restaurant you guys know that, you know, it's a very popular restaurant across the country. I'll give you a hint. They're closed on Sundays. How about that? So you know what I'm talking about, right? That the customer service at those places is impeccable. Impeccable customer service, right? And there are other places that also have great customer service. And, 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 and because of their motivation to serve the customer, that place makes millions upon millions upon millions of dollars a year, and they're only open six days out of the week. Okay? We want to do the right thing for the right reasons, and we want to trust God with our stuff so we can be free to deal with, help people with their stuff. And if we can do that, man, man, as the old song Sam Cooke used to say, what a wonderful world this would be. Okay? So, let's do this thing, fam. Can we do this thing? We can do this thing. With the help of the Lord, we can do this thing. And listen, God is not expecting us to be able to do this stuff by ourselves and in and of our own strength. Okay? If you need help in this area, ask Him for help. If you need help, ask Him for help. He's not going to beat you up. What does the Scripture say in James? If any man lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraideth not. That phrase upbraideth not basically means he's not going to make you feel bad about asking him for wisdom. Oh, Lord, I should know this already. I don't even want to come to you. Stop it. Stop it. Ask him for the wisdom. Ask him for the guidance. Ask him for the help. We just read... In, in Psalms 46 and 1, he's our refuge and our strength, and he's a very present help. 
He says, you're a proven help in time of trouble. You're more than enough, and you're always available whenever I need you. I think in Hebrews, he talks about boldly going to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in a time of need. So if you're struggling in this area, ask him to help you. I continue, Lord, I need some help in this area. I'm just, I'm stuck in this. You got to help me. Right? And he, and he gives us what we need. He will. He will give you what you need, especially when it comes to this stuff. Right? And what I need to do right now is I need to stop talking. <laughs> I hope this has been a blessing to you today. I know it's been a blessing to me to revisit these types of things. This is the stuff that I call it grown folks Christianity. This grown folks Christianity right here. This is Christianity on a Wednesday when you're tired. Christianity on a Tuesday when people get on your nerves. This is grown folks Christianity. This is the stuff that when we can really grab a hold of this, not only will our life change, but the lives of the people around us will change also. So let's lock in. I said I was going to stop talking, right? All right, I'm stop. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. <laughs> Listen, once again, fam, thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. The Word Experience Nation is growing and growing and growing. I appreciate every download that you make. I'm supposed to be stopping talking right now, right? <laughs> Tell you, man. Give a brother a mic. He will go all day. I'm out. I love you. I appreciate you guys. God bless you. And I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.